Hey guys, I have a question for you. Are you ready for something new and for your life to take a meaningful direction? Well, we are about to take a big step into the world of possibilities, a place where we don't like to talk about how bad things are, but rather of how great things could be. Here, we look at the world with a new set of eyes, learn our thing or two, and by inspiring each other, we try to find happiness in new realities. I'm Anne Therese, and this is my podcast, Hey Change. Here I am recording the very last episode of 2017 and I can't believe it's almost Christmas already. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like time just flies by faster and faster each year. Maybe I'm just doing so many cool and fun things nowadays that don't have time to think about the time. I mean, they do say that time flies when you're having fun, so I guess that could be it. And in that case, I guess I'm the one to complain. But anyhow... The podcast Hey Change is about to wrap up its very first year and I can't help but think what a journey it has been. When I first told myself in January that I was going to start a podcast, I almost thought to myself that, okay, now you're going crazy for real. And when I found myself in Soho, New York, uh, about three months later and about to open up the doors to my podcast launch party, I mean, I knew I'd gone crazy. And... Here I was throwing a party for people to come to and the only reason was because I was launching a podcast. It suddenly felt so crazy and it was crazy, but looking back at these months, I'm so happy I did it. In only seven months, Hey Change has hosted several guests who were all humble enough to give her their time and to come and share their unique and inspiring stories. We've talked to Juan. He was changing the game of fashion through his company, Industry of All Nations. We've listened to Moga Dutt, the Google X engineer, author, and speaker who solved the equation for happiness, come and teach us simple ways on how we can find more happiness in our lives. Rob from NRDC gave us some handsome tips on how we can all help fight for our planet. And I've also been guested by multiple fashion models from New York who gave their thoughts and views on body image, health, self-empowerment, and sustainable living. And also, a couple of vegan chefs and experts have given their tips on how you can start to embrace a more plant-based life. So if you haven't listened to all the 26 episodes already, they are all to be found in the archive on my website, heychange.net, or you can find them in iTunes or SoundCloud by just searching for Hey Change, and they should pop up. So yes, it's been a very rewarding year in all the people I met and in all the new friendships I've made, but also in all the things I've learned. I started this podcast because I'm constantly hungry to learn new things and I wanted a platform to share this new knowledge as I grow. So I guess in that sense, I can't other than say that this podcast has been a huge success already. Uh, We've learned things like that the fashion industry is the second dirtiest industry in the world after oil and that we use no less than 500 million plastic straws in the US every single day. We've also learned that there's a bad joke in Asia that you can tell the color of the season by just looking at the color of the rivers. And apparently, natural gas is actually not so good and natural after all. So, where does all this new knowledge leave us? Well, that one's easy, isn't it? It means that we have to do something, and we have to do something now. But Hey Change is all about positivity, and so of course I won't leave you only with facts like that. One big thing I've learned this year, and this is probably the most exciting news I've heard in a very long time, is that there is now scientific proof that we can reverse global warming. Not slow it down, not reduce it, but actually reverse it. And there's even a book written about this, and it's called Drawdown including 100 different ways of how we can make this world a better place. And did you know that one of those things, which is one you may not expect, and it's actually quite high up on the list, is educating girls. Yep, 
It's true. So, did I hear a girl power or what? All right. If you stick to the end of this episode, I promise to share a very positive foreshadow for 2018 and leave you with the best feeling ever to bring with you to your toast at midnight on December 31st. So stick around to the end and I'll leave you with that. But first, let's welcome our final guest of the year, Amir. Amir Yandali is a dear friend of mine and a true New York entrepreneur. You know, one of those hungry, creative souls who just can't get enough of what the city has to offer. The reason I think he's cooler than most other entrepreneurs is because he's not only creating for himself, he's creating for the world. So stay on to find out how Amir saw a problem in the grocery store and decided to do something about it and how that resulted in a sustainable, durable tote bag that you can now wear as a bracelet on your arm. Alright, enough of this way too long intro. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Amir Chandali. Welcome back to another episode of Hey Change. Today we're calling into New York City. Yes, hello. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, I guess I must start to say. Yeah, thank you. Certainly feels like that. I think there's like four people in my office today. I think that's actually, we talked about this. We tried to have another call like about a week ago. It was just too much background noise. And Mm. we didn't even think about rescheduling like the night before Thanksgiving. But you're like, you know what? There's no one in the office. I'm like, perfect. Let's do this. Yeah, this worked out lovely. Mm -hmm. Happy Thanksgiving to you too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So I'm actually going to start this off with just asking the most difficult question. Um, What are you most proud of today? Today in this moment? Right now. Yeah. What makes you proud of yourself? Oh, that's so cool. Um, Yeah. So today, yeah, as I said, it was a pretty slow day in the office, not many people around here. Um, and I, I just took the day to dig in real deep in the inbox. I'm currently at inbox zero, which feels fantastic. And I've finally figured out um, a good system that works for me in Google and Gmail to just use the stars, et cetera. So I just, I went to, dug in deep in my inbox, pulled everything out that requires attention and just dumped it all on this huge whiteboard and, uh, prioritize things, organize things, and I'm just about to start writing them down into a to-do list. And that's, I'm really proud of that because that's very much um, an emergence of new self. Uh, This is not the Amir of four years ago. Actually, after grad school or after undergrad, I spent four and a half years just DJing in nightclubs and festivals. So I I didn't really have a sense of of to-do lists or tasks or responsibilities. I just you know, I didn't work for another company. So now just looking back, kind of stopping for a moment and just checking like, okay, this is what life is right now. This is what I'm doing. I'm organizing this stuff and it feels really good. It feels like there's a difference, you know, between work when work is working you and when you're working work. And I feel like I'm today in this moment working work and I feel really proud about that. So finishing that, hopping on to this with, to this with you feels great. See, I was kind of expecting like, oh, I'm so proud of myself because I'm saving the world or whatnot. I (laughs) love the fact that you said I just went through my inbox and pulled out the important things and reorganized. Because if you think about it, those are the things in everyday life that we kind of dread doing, right? I hate it. Like I quite recently too um, made up a system for myself, like a need to find a way to keep my inbox clean, right? Like, it made all these labels for myself and, like, organized it and categorized it. It just adds so much value. You wouldn't even realize how much added value it comes to your life. Just having things in boxes and that you can see it clearly, right? So Yeah, that's so sick. Yeah, oh, yeah. When you figure out a way that works for you, it just feels good. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And would you say this is kind of a evolved part of yourself that you've discovered now since you're becoming more of a business person and, like, you know, changing careers and stuff? Or 100%. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, 100%. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Last time I saw you, uh, which was like, was it September? Late September? Um, mm-hmm. You were like basically running around like crazy. I barely saw you, but I still saw you. Um, but you seem to be, I would say, one of the most important person on this planet because maybe that night you were. And you were actually the main organizer of a sustainable rooftop party in Chelsea, Manhattan. 
And of course, I was honored to be there, not just as a vendor, but as a guest. And I remember this was a Friday night. It was after Fashion Week. It was during Climate Week in New York. And it was a gorgeous late summer night. And I went up to the rooftop and there was jazz music music playing and people having a good time. And I was like, wow, this is one event. And um, this is probably going to be like a really dumb question, but I'm still going to ask it. And how did it feel to like, you know, plan and organize everything and put it all together and then just be able to witness what a, what a night it turned out to be? How did that feel? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that felt fantastic um, for a lot of different reasons. I think my 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 heart was very much in that in that event. And also um, it was a really good opportunity for me to prove myself for at work. Um, I work for Dopper. It's a reusable water bottle company. It's a benefit corporation based in the Netherlands. Um, and they've been killing it over there. Um, the company's seven years old. They sold over five million, more than five million bottles. Um, and then they're relatively new here in the United States. And I work for the New York office. We're a team of three. And so far, it's just really been uh, about the grassroots for us. It's just um, doing small events and finding like-minded organizations to put the bottles in their hands, get the get the bottles in front of eyeballs. And we've just, we haven't had our own big event ever in New York, not yet. Um, and that was our first chance to make ourselves known in the climate change community and that event emerged um, out of kind of like out of a moment of crisis, actually, because we were going to be climate change exclusive water bottle sponsor. But that sponsorship package rate was around 15K and we just couldn't afford it at all. We were like pushing as much as we could. Um, and then about a month before the climate week, we we're like, man, you know, we just we can't afford it. Um, and then, so I was Skyping with one of my coworkers, Nadine, and she's like, man, guys, like, well, what else can we do? Like, what if we have our own event? Like Amir, you know, you have a network here in New York now, like what's up? Like, what if we reach out to this and this? And I don't know, as she was just explaining it, I just saw it on, just completely saw it in my mind's eye, like this sweet, super sick, um, like marketplace of the future is what just flashed because this idea, like, you know, I think you and I both feel the same and maybe the people listening um, whenever we visualize the future, we know that there's not going to just be companies. They're not going to have like a social a CSR department. That's not going to be a separate thing. Companies DNA is going to be for good uh, people. That's just the, the basic way organizations will function. So what if we pilot this idea and bring organizations, startups that are working for social good, environmental good, all in one place in a cool way? in a cool way that's, that's in a beautiful location on a rooftop. And you know, what if we have beer and wine and jazz and just people talking and just socializing in a beautiful way and then there's sustainability vendors all around them and it's a small microcosm of something that will be a new norm in the future. So it just flashed in my head this marketplace of the future and instantly I just put together a Pinterest, I put together like an, a Spotify playlist of what the vibe would be like and I reached out to a few um, key partners an organization here called Be Social Change and the B Lab, the organization that certifies benefit corporations. We worked together, the three of us, on other projects before. And I'm like, guys, this is what I'm thinking. XYZ, are y'all in? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sweet, we're down. I'm like, okay, cool. So now I just have to pitch it to my country manager. And his name is Rick. And I showed it to him and he was like, he slammed his hand down like really, really hard onto the table. And he goes, brother, I love this, man. I love this. This is Catalina Wine Mixer, baby. This is Boats and Hose. And he's just like all about it. He said, Amir, if you can pull this off, this will be really awesome. And it all came together in a month. Um, the goal was 200 attendees, 20 vendors, uh, rooftop. We had 252 attendees, 20 vendors. We had the rooftop. And the building to boot um, offered to share some of that cost so that we could promote the building and their sustainability initiatives as well. So it was really like a win, 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 win all around. Um, and our team from the Netherlands was here, our founder was here, and they were all so impressed. And granted, there were definitely some speed bumps along the way that I learned from that I'm going to be um, and how I'm going to organize events in the future. But all in all, it was just so cool um, from a personal level and from an organizational level. It was amazing. Well, a few things about that. Um, I was listening to you again talk about and I kind of relived the whole night. I mean, I love, first of all, 
the fact that Dopper, the company you're working for, is actually a water bottle company. And you would kind of assume they would make like, let's do a run, like a 5K run or something. We can hand up mm. water bottles or whatever. This was a party, right? It's a rooftop party. But the way this bottle plays such an important part of this party because they were serving wine on the rooftop. And you would mm-hmm. expect there to be plastic glasses because that's kind of the environment you expect at a party, especially in the United States, especially on the rooftop. But the only way for you to drink the wine was to actually get a dopper bottle. And with anyone of you doesn't know uh, what a dopper bottle is, they come with like a screwball top that is a glass, right? <laughs> so that was genius in itself because I actually had missed the fact that you get a bottle when you walked in. So I had to run back down, get a bottle and go up again and get my glass filled. And so the fact that the main sponsor or the, um, the company behind this whole event actually was a big part of like you being able to enjoy yourself if you wanted wine. There was like salads being served. They were all served by this company that makes like reusable uh, jars, whatever. Everything was very sustainable in itself, but people were still having such a good time. And I think just being a marketer myself, like trying to like be innovative and think of new ways to bring awareness and people together, it was genius. Everything was perfect. And um, yeah, and like what you said too, I think how the world is changing today. And like you said, they're working with different kinds of organizations and companies. It's all in this energy and sphere of like, yeah, let's do this. Let's come together. Let's make something awesome happen together. Like it's not you and I, it's not, this is our event. It's just about how can we make this world a better place together? And you brought that together in a party and it was just, you know, genius. So congrats on that. Thank you. Sick. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And not only are you excellent at throwing parties, as we now know, being an ex-DJ and everything, but you have also actually introduced your very own product to the sustainable market. And I have to say this because I want a part of it. I'm honored to say that I was, even if like the tiniest <laughs> bits, a little bit part of helping this product come yeah, to yeah, life. Yeah, you were, you were, totally. Uh-huh, thank you. I just want to hear you say it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it's uh, it's called Bracelet Tote. And I would love for you to tell us why you decided to make a wearable tote bag. Yes. Oh, gosh, yes. So um, I guess, so I'm, I'm a firm believer that everybody has a gateway drug into a new world of thinking, a new way of seeing the world, um, whatever that may be, mine was a documentary about plastic bags. And um, it was one night after I got home from the nightclubs and I just needed some content, some substance. So I would just, um, I watched this documentary. I would just watch a bunch of documentaries around that time. And I watched one about plastic bags. And what really got me wasn't so much about plastic bags per se and the harm on the environment. But for me, it was just really, how did I not know this? How was this not told to me? Why was this a norm? Why did I not have a problem taking 10 extra plastic bags from Walmart? This was just completely, the world was one way and then in an instant the world appeared a a different way. Um, So I just became incredibly galvanized by this documentary and started making decisions based on this new realization that the world is different and there are things that need to be changed. So I applied to grad school here in New York City. Uh, One thing led to the other. I ended up coming to the School of Visual Arts um, to do the Design for Social Innovation program. Um, And this program is, they say it on the website too, and that's what really just caught my attention. It's the program is for the next generation of designers that will change the world. And that was just so exciting to me. And we had a shop class um, and it was design a tool to solve a social issue. Now, I went into grad school knowing I wanted to do something about plastic waste, but for some reason it didn't hit me immediately in shop class. I, I thought about designing um, a sanitary doormat because I've always wanted something that didn't just like sanitizes my shoes when I walk into my house. Then I thought about a food container that changed colors based on if the food went bad. And all, none, of, none of these things were just really hitting home. And then I was talking to my friend Lauren one night in the, in the computer lab and she said, man, why don't you just do something about plastic waste? I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, man. So I put up on Facebook, I posted, it was like, guys, why do you or do you not use your reusable bags? And everybody, you can probably guess what everybody says. Everyone's like, oh, I forget them at home. I forget them in the car, whatever. And then, I don't know, there's something about me that I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of people that know themselves and people that express themselves. Growing up, I've always been attracted to people with tattoos and people with just their own style, not because of the tattoos per se, but just because of that 
that confidence in the way they're expressing themselves. And for me, I've always found uh, comfort in expressing myself around my wrists with different bracelets that just happen to be reflecting what's happening in this current chapter. So I have a few bracelets on my wrist right now. Um, and at the time, I just, I don't remember what I had on at the time, but I, I just looked down at my wrists while I was talking to my friend Lauren and she suggested I do something about plastic waste. And I'm like, yeah, what if I, what if I design something that goes around my wrist? What if I, it's just like a bracelet, but I don't want it just to say, um, no plastic bag, please, or, or something like that. I didn't want it to say it. I wanted it to be it. And I wanted it to look handmade and I wanted it to look artisan. I wanted it to function and I wanted something wrapped around my wrist that I could open up and actually have a bag and start a conversation about no bags, please. And so I was just like, sweet, I'll just design a wearable tote bag. Well, first I wanted to buy one and I went online and I couldn't find one anywhere. So I decided to design a tiny one and it worked. People liked it. And then I just felt this is like, I really want one for myself. This needs to be in the world. Plastic bag bans are increasing. Um, there's 172 municipalities now in the nation that have either a plastic bag fee or a ban. And that means 50 million people, five zero, 50 million people in the nation are now sensitive to this issue. So the idea is as this trend continues to spread, the market's going to be demanding more types of reusable bags. And, and given that there are zero wearables, it was just like this insane obligation that I felt on every level that I had to bring this into the world. It just needs to see itself through, even if it's a bust, whatever. It's just like, I have to see it through. So that's where we're at now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the tiny part I have in this story, by the way, for you who wonder, mm. um, my, one of our common friends, Priscilla, she was like, Hey, you know, you should meet this guy. You guys are so much alike. And he kind of was like, come up with this idea of like a wearable plastic bag or something. And he's asking for people to just come in and, you know, give their thoughts about it or like help out with the design. And I remember hearing about this idea and I'm like it's genius I want one like that because like you said too it's um I think it's easier maybe for people who live in the suburbs and usually drive to the grocery store with a car like you can keep the bags around mm -hmm. in your car but if you live in New York City or like any city you just don't think about carrying something around like, I try to have one in my backpack if I have one with me but you know there are times too when I'm I've been like walking home from the counter market or some kind of grocery store with my arms filled with like apples and tomatoes and um, you know just kind of like kale in my hand like they were flowers people were looking at me like I'm crazy but still if I don't have to use that plastic bag I just won't right so with that said there's definitely demand for it and I think it's um it's so cool with people like you who are like okay there's a there's a problem on this planet we have too much plastic waste that's just that's known right there's no question about it it's not going to get better it's going to be more people on the planet and you know we have we, we're going to keep finding more reasons to use plastic probably but mm. people want to change like it's not like we want to be bad i don't think so like if we know the problem like you said too you were looking at all these documentaries and suddenly you saw the world from a new set of eyes and I find it very similar things with me knowing about the plastic straws. Like now everything I see when I go out, it's plastic straws everywhere because I know about the facts about them. Mm. Um, and it's when you know that fact, like, okay, how can I make it better? And you are literally providing an answer to the problem, which I think is so cool. And um, I know it's been hard for you to kind of figure out the whole design about it. Like it has to be easy to strap back on and you know, what looks better than the other one. And um, I've seen the final, you know, design myself. You, you, you do have a final design right now, right? It's it's damn close. It's not market ready yet, but it's super close. So it's almost there. So mm -hmm. everyone listening need to keep your eyes open <laughs> for this bracelet tote that will basically just take over the market when it's out. Oh, man. Well, you know, we have to race for the stars. Like, we have to think it big here. And you're trying mm -hmm. to save the world. And you're going to be rewarded for it, so... Um, I, I have a good feeling about bracelet toe. I really do. And I know that just knowing you, little I know you, uh, you are such an incredible person and um, this is going to go far. I just know it. Thank and you. Um, I have, uh, I think maybe you did touch upon this a little bit, but have you always cared about sustainability or is that something you became very passionate about just lately or has it kind of grown naturally? What is your whole story about that? Mm -mm. No, no, not really, not explicitly anyway. Um... I'm a big fan of themes and when I look back now just reflecting on you know Steve Jobs says the dots connect backwards and I, that that struck home too so when I look back in the way my dots have been connecting all the way back um, 
my, my earliest memory of any aspirational dream was to be an actor. Um, and that still actually is in here somehow. But post acting, um, well, actually, rather, so my earliest dream was to be an actor. And then I found myself acting throughout high school and college. And then after college, I started DJing. And then after DJing, I came here to work on plastic waste. And the common theme that I could see there through acting and DJing and the way it's kind of expressing itself now, that common theme has always been to do something positive with attention, with influence. I want to have influence so I can do something positive with it. My earliest memory was watching uh, Dumb and Dumber, and I just remember how much I used to laugh at Jim Carrey and how much everybody in the theater used to laugh at Jim Carrey. And I just had this idea, like, wow, sweet. Like, what if I had a lot of people laughing too and this attention, and then I did something positive with the attention. So that's what kind of set the tone for acting in high school and acting um, in college a bit. And then DJing was really great because um, I did have a lot of influence back home in New Mexico and Texas. And this, as my career started rising in developing rather in New Mexico and Texas, the war in Syria started. So I used that to channel attention to the war in Syria. And there was one night, for example, when um, we had a fundraiser and I raised $2,000. Uh, the idea is I would wax my chest in a nightclub if we raise $2,000. Um, it was on a random Monday night. So we had all these people come out and people were donating. We had a raffle, et cetera. We raised two grand. And then, yeah, I waxed my chest in front of everybody in the nightclub. And it was the worst, oh, my God, the worst thing ever. I, <laughs> so sucky. It was awful. My whole torso waxed. Um, so to answer your question, it's, it's never really been about recycling. Rather, it's been about doing something positive with influence. And now it's channeling towards... Um, the environmental initiatives and 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 as you said, I I do feel really good about the bracelet tote too, and the fact that it's the first. So I'm I'm hoping, um, I'm imagining that this can garner some credentials, some clout, some notoriety, some some influence, and then channel that to to create more change. Yeah. Wow. I mean. I think that is kind of the coolest thing today. It's not necessarily about like, oh, I've always, I've grown up, you know, living in the woods and always cared about nature. Like, I think basically more or less everyone today is starting to head towards that direction. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of people are. And I think it's just the way we hang out and like the people we surround ourselves with and we just get influenced, like you say, by other people and the awareness is spreading. Like all these documentaries coming out and one of the reasons I fell in love with you um, as a friend um, <laughs> is because when I first met you doing this kind of like design team meetup, let's come together and share thoughts about this new idea. You were just so passionate about it. And I can just tell how this was your baby. And I knew in that instant that you were going to do whatever it took to make this thing come to life. And I love to see that energy within people. We keep hearing about the environment in such negative terms and like that things are too late. And the first thing you see if you turn on a television is bad news and like mm. this is terrible. And we just keep being fed all this anxiety and fear. And what comes from that? Nothing. And that's why I love interviewing people like you who actually like try to see the problem, but from a perspective of what can we do about it? How can we be passionate? How can I use my influence to entertain, to inspire, to, to drive some kind of action within people? And at the same time, have a lot of fun, right? And that again mm. ties back into the whole rooftop party. And how that was just such a new thing to see within the world of sustainability. Mm. Being a, having a sustainable event doesn't have to be about let's go walk in the park and you know talk to people and hand out you know vegan samples. Like this was a rooftop party with jazz playing and people having a good time. And I think it's just becoming more and more like a normal part of today's society to to care. And I think that's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so just to talk about some of the positive things. Um, what are you experiencing right now being so in the midst of it and everything? And I also know like you're working in a building like the Stair Lahey building who is about a lot of those things of trying to make a lower impact. What are some cool things that you keep seeing that you know, make you feel optimistic about the world? Mm. Um, that's, that's awesome. That's a really good question. And I was reflecting on that actually over the past month or so. Um, since I did do, I did get a master's in social innovation. Uh, it was a two year program. 
and now I've been working at the Center for Social Innovation for the past year for a benefit corporation, um, you know, I took a step back and I'm just like, okay, a few years before this, I was just, my world was all about nightclubs and, and music um, and making people feel good, which is great. Uh, but it's it's such a stark contrast with what's happening now. And I just remember when I first moved here to New York, every cool startup or social innovation, anything like that that I heard about was just like, damn, that is sick. Like people are out here doing stuff and it is amazing. My first week I met this guy that made, um, he <laughs> created this product called like Das Horn or something. And it's just this giant like Viking looking horn that you can just drink beer out of. And it was super cool. That was my first week here. And I was just like, dang, like one week and I'm already meeting an entrepreneur that's doing this cool stuff. And now it's just like I'm looking around. I'm completely immersed in it. And it's still just as cool. Um, only now I feel like my cup is, is, is getting full and it's time to just be sharing this stuff and, and sharing it with people that aren't as immersed in it. So I started a medium piece last Sunday, two Sundays ago called Four Dope Sites. And it's just about that. It's I've been over the past year just have been collecting startups, uh, websites and links of cool things that come across my radar for people that have never heard of this stuff. Because I remember what it's like when I didn't first hear about this stuff and how cool it was. So um, just as an example, like Lisa, if you've heard of Lisa, it's a, a mattress company, except when you go into their mattress store, their showroom, you just sit around uh, on your mattresses. You're not just looking at whatever decor is on the wall. You're actually looking about looking at art pieces made by homeless people or formerly homeless people. Um, and it's with a partnership with an organization. I honestly forgot the name of that organization, but they partner and promote the work of homeless people and get them paid. And every mattress, yeah, every mattress that's sold plants a tree and every 10 mattresses that's sold, one mattress is donated. And I think that's super dope. Um, and a company called United by Blue they remove one pound of trash for every article of clothing purchased from their retail shop. They have a flagship shop in Philadelphia and one here in Soho and their stuff is beautiful. It's quality made. Um, they have this awesome new bison jacket that I just love watching the video for. Um, it's made out of reclaimed bison fabric that would have otherwise gone to waste and they blend it with recycled polyester, um, or other recycled fabrics and they just create this super insulated, beautiful jacket. It's $400. And they only make a thousand of them because that's how much buffalo fabric they were able to get. And as I say in the piece that it's about, this is a testament to me that it's about intention rather than profit. And now granted they are company, which is perfect. Companies should be functioning, should be making money while not detrimenting people on the planet around us. So I just see all these indicators and they're just all super inspiring. And to me, these indicators are not just standalone examples or they're not just standalone innovations. Rather, they're indicators of a cultural systemic shift, a, a shift in cultural norms. And I, it's like we talked about earlier, these are just these are going to be the new norms. And I'm calling them seedlings. Like these, all these startups are all little seedlings of what we're going to see as a new norm. You can, I promise you, someday, like pa Patagonia is a conglomerate now, and it's just it's such a huge, mega popular, very profitable company. I, I'll bet you anything, J.C. Penney and Sears at some point in the future, if these department stores are still around, are going to be carrying only social impact products. Just demand is shifting in that way. And I think that's super sick. And a few things that come to me as you're talking, like, first of all, mm -hmm. yes, there are so much bad things on this planet today, things we need to, like, take care of instantly. But on the other mm -hmm. end of that, that creates so many ways for a company to be socially conscious, right? Like, yeah, mm. we need to help reduce waste in the oceans. We need to help share a mattress. We need to help you do whatever. So if you're a mattress company, like you said, Lisa, like, oh, forever, for every uh, mattress we sell, we also give one away. Like, stuff like that. Like, you don't have to actually be a sustainable company to do good today. You can find a way to make your business give back and help reduce um, the impact on this planet. And I think, you know, like you're saying too, we are moving into this new world where especially millennials and even younger people are going to care about that. And if you don't mm. care about that as a corporation, you're out. Game's over, right? Yes. And, and um, I was just watching this new documentary called River Blue, which I really recommend anyone to see. 
and it's about mm-hmm. the the dyeing and tanning and clothing industry in Asia and how it's really polluting the the rivers and stuff. And it was saddening to see. Um, even me being so aware of like the environment and stuff, I didn't know how bad it actually was. And they have this joke. I call it a joke. It's not a joke. But in Asia, in some places, they say, "Oh, you can tell the new you know fashion color of the year by just looking at the color of the river." Mm, like the yes. river will be yellow like oh we know now it's gonna be yellow jeans so like it's purple like it's just sad because that's actually how much waste goes into the rivers but on the opposite end like towards the end of it there was all these new companies that came up with new technologies of dyeing jeans that's not at all it's actually better for the environment and like it's actually helping reduce waste mm. and so i think it's so inspiring to keep hearing about this these companies that came they are trying to do something about it and thank you for creating this site that we can just go on and be like hey i want to feel good today let's go on and get a dose of a little yeah. bit you know positivity and i want to see the dope cool companies out there doing something for change so again because i didn't even pick it up either what what is the site where can we go to find this mm. yeah it's just on medium and i i call it four dope sites f-o-u-r go four dope medium sites. and then you search for four dope sites yeah i think so i don't know if it comes up actually if you just search it because i've only written one so far and i'm not I don't think I'm not like a heavily followed medium writer or anything like that, but I think you can search for it or you can search for me. It's A-M-E-R-J-A-N-D-A-L-I. And then you can see other stuff that I've written too. Okay. Well, I'm going to make sure to link this. So you better keep up now. <laughs> ah, yeah, sick. <laughs> no kidding. Um, well, one more thing, cause you talked about like moving to New York city and like how you just kind of found yourself immersed with all these cool people. Um, how big part do you think that New York has played in your life and your success? And do you think it's, do you think living in a bigger city is actually a key to reaching your goals or can mm. you do this in a smaller town too? Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. You can do it from anywhere. I think it's just a matter of get, having a sense of what, I think a really nice question that's helpful to ask ourselves that I ask myself all the time is in which way do I want to be growing right now? What way do I want to be growing? And I knew even without being able to say it explicitly that I knew I wanted to be growing, I needed to be growing in my workflow, in my work style. I needed to know how to execute, how to plan and organize and bring something to fruition um, in a way that is formal and communicated well and planned. Um, And New York is 150 million percent the environment to foster those those skills. surely because there's so many high functioning people here and it's it's osmosis you're around them and you just see life coming through when when someone's just like nailing it on their on their laptop or getting up and taking a phone call walking around you just see that intensity that life coming through their faces when they're executing and if you surround yourself with that then you just you float to it you sink or you swim well you're definitely going to say i freaking for sure sank 100% but then you just float right back up Um, until you just look around and all these things that were new to you at one point are now part of your DNA. And that's what New York has done for me so far. Well, I guess for anyone who listens right now and is just inspired by your energy and everything you're saying and feels like, I want to be part of that world, you know? I kind of want to also feel like I'm part of the movement and, you know, get a feel for all these new cool companies and ideas coming up but they don't have the ability to move to New York City. Like not everyone does, mm. unfortunately. Um, mm. w- would you say, you know, maybe just, just a way to go online and start networking and finding all these oh, yeah. communities, right? Yes. Oh do yeah, you, absolutely. Do you know of any like right now that you can like even recommend or? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I would. I'm a big fan of the company I mentioned earlier, Be Social Change. They're New York City's largest network of change makers and social uh, entrepreneurs. Um, they have a sweet, sweet email list and awesome events that happen sometimes weekly and, and, and bi-weekly. And just seeing this type of stuff, seeing that this type of stuff is happening, um, granted it might not be in your city, but seeing that this type of stuff is happening could be inspiring for you to create something like that in your own area. I'm I have a two-part mantra that I, I, I really value, and it's it's that self-expression is a life force, and life always gravitates towards life. So I think if, if anybody's living in a smaller town, wants to begin, start a dialogue, start a conversation about, for example, uh, reducing plastic bag waste, 
it's as simple as a meetup or a flyer in a community board or something like that. Once, once life is expressed, once something is expressed about a given issue or topic, other people, the right people will float to you. And that can happen anywhere. And to add to that, one of my favorite quotes is by Margaret Mead, and she says, don't ever doubt that a small group of people can't change the world. In fact, that's the only thing that ever has. And yeah. with that said, I mean, I can think feel like so many people use this quote nowadays, but it's so true. Like, it can start with just you starting to like call a friend, be like, hey, I just found out about, you know, the fact that we were wasting too much plastic. Let's do something about it and do some research, Google, whatever. What can we do in our town? Get some more people together and just start a movement and you would be amazed by how far you can go. Mm. And it's rewarding too. It's a lot of fun and it doesn't take much more than that. And also we keep forgetting about the the power in our own acts. Even now it's Thanksgiving. It's going to be Black Friday on Friday. And just the amount of things people consume because they feel like they have to, right? How yes. can we change the whole idea of like giving and loving and show, showing and sharing our love for ourselves and for others? I mean, I, I don't even know the numbers of how much many dollars and things we buy for the holidays but it's insane and i think majority of those stuff doesn't even get used are we not happy about them or we return them or like throw them away in a corner and never even see it again and it's damaging a planet so how can we find ways to just in our own lives make simple changes and be kind of bold because i think it is uh, a courageous thing to do to say hey i'm I'm not going to give you that normal christmas gift this year let's do something else let's kind of find something we can do together maybe an activity instead or whatever Yes. Um, well, first of all, real quick, sorry. Um, of the four people that I think are still in my office, uh, my neighbor happens to be one of them. And I think he's like knocking on something. So in case you guys happen to be able to hear that, then please excuse that. And just uh, may that uh, co-create the ambiance of what is happening around we can, me. We can survive some background noise. So not okay, cool. fine. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, so yeah, to answer your question, I think what's been really helpful for me is just if we're going to shop, we're going to shop. I just think it's really important to remember that our, our dollar is our vote too, just as much as our vote is our vote, our dollar is our vote. And I, I found just even in my own life, just when I make purchases that align with my values, I just, it just completely changes the way I relate to the world and the way I feel about myself and the way I feel about the person who I'm giving that gift to. So if we are going to be gifting, perhaps just um, an, an additional Google search for whatever that product is, followed by the world with the words uh, benefit or social impact or socially conscious or environmentally conscious, this will begin opening up a brand new wormhole into something that I think might be pretty cool. Yeah. And like there are a lot of sites there out there today who are trying to help and direct you in the right direction. I mean, Remake uh, is one of those organizations. I've met with them both in San Francisco and New York. And I think they have a uh, traditionally online about what companies to support right now that are doing the right thing for the environment and which ones to look out for so i mean even remake i think remake yeah uh, i will link that too okay. but i know for a fact that levi's is one of the examples that are doing a lot of sustainable efforts at this point so even a company like that you may have not known before are actually trying to make a change so you know there's a lot of positivity in the world but I think bottom line is, like you said, vote for you with your dollar and just be more aware of the energy that goes into giving and gifting and purchasing anything, right? Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, Amir, we could probably keep talking, but it's night mm. at your in your time zone and it's Thanksgiving and I am ready for the final three. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. So final three, number one. Uh, here on Hey Change, we're all about spreading good vibes and positivity. And I would like for you to right now share some really positive news that you've learned recently or read on a newspaper just the other day. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when this was, but it's an example that I keep bringing up all the time in that um, another of these indicators of a s systemic cultural shift is a declaration that India has made about only selling exclusively selling electric cars by 2030. Um, I think these these bold news statements are super cool and give me a lot of energy. Um, and 
also, I was at Sustainable Brands Conference this year, and Apple also made a declaration that 100% their supply chain will be powered by renewable energy and recycled materials. No date set, no date established, but that is something that they've stated that they're working towards. Yeah, mm -hmm. I actually heard something about the, the India uh, electronic cars part two. And it's amazing, you know. I think mm -hmm. we, there's a lot of fear out there today that, you know, countries like China and India are growing so rapidly just in terms of human beings on this planet and they're trying to keep up with our um, evolution and, you know, just the way of life we have over in the Western world. And if they are, we're just going to be kind of screwed, right, as a planet. So I think it's powerful to hear that countries like India say, well, we're going to be all electric cars by when, you said, 2030? Yeah, by 2030. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, Oh, and, and one more too, one more too. I just remembered um, that something that I saw a sweet piece of news last year is that the... Um, this plane called the Solar Impulse 2, it's a solar plane. It made its first um, trip around the world just purely based on, uh, based with, fueled by solar energy, sorry. And and then I pulled this up actually for, for the sake of this conversation, a timeline of the aviation history after 18th century. And the Wright brothers took flight in 1900. And then five years later, the world's first jet propelled aircraft took flight. And then... 30 years later, Boeing 77 took flight. So it wasn't long for after the Wright brothers for the Boeing 77 to take flight. And now we're just talking last year, the world's first solar plane made its first tour around the world. So, who, I mean, you know, we can treat this as a real as a moment right now. Like, how long is it going to take for us to see a Boeing powered by solar? I don't know, maybe 30 years, 40 years, maybe in our lifetimes. That's huge. It's huge. And I get goosebumps right now because I love hearing stories like these. Like, we don't even know what's around the corner. We don't even know what we're capable of. But what we do know, it's in our head, right? We have to be positive. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. have to be open to these really cool new ideas of thinking. And I mean, I keep sharing this. I just, I don't know if you heard about Drawdown, which is a new book that got released this year by Paul Hawkins. And basically, yes. he has, you know, a hundred different ways of reversing global warming, not just reducing or like, slowing it down like but reversing it and that to me is just mind-blowing we have science and oh, ways yeah. of changing our way of living we can still be as happy or even happier we can just see ourselves heading into a greener and more sustainable future so yes yeah amen to Hell that yeah. all right number two um mm -hmm. can you please share with us an important moment in your life or a major transformation that you've gone through that now, looking back, makes you very proud of who you are as a person. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, the, the day that I decided to humor myself and make a vision board, it, after I watched that, um, it was actually after I watched The Secret and I started learning about the law of attraction and, and all these things. And as cheesy as that documentary is, it just something about it kind of spoke to me. And I'm like, you know what? Why, you know, yeah, why not? I'll just make a vision board. Who knows? Why not? So I put New York on my vision board. And this was before I knew anything about plastic waste. But I did. I put New York on a vision board. Um, and just being, call it curious, call it naive, call it whatever, um, imagination. But just giving myself that chance. Giving myself the chance. And giving my ideas a chance is looking back what I'm most proud of right now. Just putting that on your map, right? And yes, the thing I love the most about this is that you didn't put down the specifics about what you're going to do in New York or how you're going to get there. You just knew New York was like a destination on your map. And I think sometimes, exactly. you know, that's kind of the only thing we need to figure out. Like things will work out. And it's about being open to, well, what is going to happen when I get to New York? Who knows? We'll just find out. And then you just found yourself immersed with all these people that were like-minded and like have all these ideas and driven and you know suddenly you just knew that first of all new york was the right thing and secondly you had all these new visions coming up just from from that and so that yeah that's really cool that you share that 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 was the first thing you did was being bold enough to visualize and put something out there like new york city that's cool 
Thank you. All right. I keep hearing uh, increased activity in the background. Maybe <laughs> there's a party going on. I don't know. It is the center of social innovation, people. And then every time I go there, there's always something fun happening. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for jumping on this call with me and sharing some of your positivity and all the amazing things you're doing in this world. I hope anyone who listened feels uplifted and inspired and ready to go out there and make change. And so... As my third and final question, I would love mm -hmm. for you to just leave the audience with a final advice, anything right now. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, a, a piece of advice, a lesson that I've abstracted from that example that we were just talking about of your previous question. Um, my advice would be to commit to the intention and detach from the outcome, detach from the expectation, but stay committed to the intention. Thank you for listening and thank you again so much for being on this journey with me this year and for all the feedback and support you have given me along the way. I truly hope that you will stay with me as 2018 kicks off and we have a lot more inspiring guests coming to the show. And now, as promised, here are some predictions of what we will see in 2018. And I found them all in an online magazine called Futera. We will eat impossible foods. From veggie burgers that bleed to foie gras grown in a lab at home. The war on meat, which is a war on heart disease and climate change, will advance into new territory. Expect to see vegan alternatives bust out of the specialty aisles at your supermarket and into the mainstream. Vegan option at McDonald's, anyone? <clears throat> Number two, we will wear carbon. Sneakers made from ocean plastic have proved hugely popular. So, how about products made from carbon dioxide pollution sucked out of the atmosphere? While these quote-unquote negative emissions products are already possible, and fashion brands have promised to offer climate-positive products ASAP. Number 3. Plastic will be public enemy number one. The BBC's Blue Planet has started a fire that will burn brightly in 2018. Single-use plastic, which is drink bottles, flimsy bags, straws, etc., will start to disappear from shops, restaurants, and supermarket shelves. Expect companies to test new inventions, from edible packaging to simply waxed paper to turn the tide of plastic pollution. And number four and the final one, China will lead on green. This is the biggest opportunity that too many businesses have missed. Young urban Chinese consumers are looking for high-status goods, but they also hold very strong environmental values, especially around tree protection, plastic waste, and air pollution. So businesses that can offer both status and sustainability are going to clean up China. And with that, my friends, I say a big thank you for 2017, and let's get ready for the new year. <laughs>